This is Leo and Fabiola, and we are the hosts of the Collective Resistance Podcast. We're going to be talking to you about why we find ourselves resisting the common narrative of the collective, as well as why perhaps the common collective is resistant to new information. Hey everybody, this is Leo, and uh, my beautiful wife Fabiola is here with us. How are you, Fabi? I am fantastic. And uh, this is episode one for us, and uh, we are excited to kind of get going, maybe talk initially about why we birthed this. As I mentioned in the, the little uh, preamble there, at least my brainchild was uh, wrapped around the fact that we find ourselves kind of resisting what's happening all around us, whether it be the masks or whether it be um, just kind of the common narrative about how you're supposed to live life when we kind of uh, dig in a little deeper and a little deeper, at least throughout our lives, it seems we've found like there's a lot more there. Um, and, you know, it's worth exploring. And then at the same time, you know, we come into contact with a lot of people who, uh, you know, we share with and we explain why we do things the way that we do them. And a lot of times it's met with a lot of uh, uh, disdain or argument or, um, you know, just brush us off, you know, as uh, potentially Looney Tooney. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. I never had anybody say it to our face. I would like to, like, hear, okay, I'm giving you this information. How are you receiving this? And how are you ingesting this? Is it too much? Maybe it's too much because we've been around this for so long. And sometimes it's not very uplifting, the stuff that we share. So, Yeah, no, I, I would say that's certainly true. And uh, just this past week, we both had kind of a conjoined experience with uh, a friend of ours, uh, not naming names, but, but uh, <laughs> there'll probably be a lot of that on this podcast because uh, I think that's a big part about it. It's, it's how you relate to others, right? Because you're all about being out in uh, uh, circles with other people and communicating and then kind of gauging the reaction and, uh, you know, you wanting to contribute to them and then you also wanting them to contribute to you. And, you know, we have gotten into a, a couple different conversations this week, you know, before like going to bed at night. And uh, uh, I, I, I remember telling you after we, we got, you know, 20, 30 minutes into I'm like, okay, that's a podcast right there. <laughs> you know, that's intriguing. We should, uh, we should be getting that recorded. And uh, finally, we're doing that. We've got the equipment set up. We're sitting out here on our veranda, as you can probably hear the waves crashing a little bit in the background, um, which uh, is kind of some nice uh, uh, mute effects, mood effects, if you will. So, um, but, but what did you think of some of those conversations that we had uh, earlier this week? Were, were you... Um, were you finding them as challenging as, as I was? The conversations with uh, about people we're not naming names. Right, or right. More we're not naming of the, uh, Our conversations. I felt like our conversations were actually pretty expansive, you know, and I feel uh, when you have the opportunity of uh, sharing information with people, even if they're not receptive. Um, it is an opportunity for you to kind of reflect upon, okay, what did I share? How did that feel? Uh, what did that mean to me? Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation, obviously, especially if you're not getting any feedback from the, from the other person, right, of where they're at. Uh, but, you know, I felt that there were so many aha moments for me as far as really sometimes realizing that we live in a different paradigm than a lot of people just based on our experiences. And maybe everyone has this little paradigm microcosm, you know, because for... Nice plug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
because for us, it's just interesting. Like this information just comes in. And I know there's the AI now, right? You get served more information that is in line with what you searched before. But even if we look at life in general and our journey, it always felt like we try to go mainstream on things and then all of a sudden that didn't work out. And then the universe presented something, this other option that was completely opposite, right? It just came to us, you know? So it's not like we were seeking. And one example is, you know, as simple as um, ABA therapy for autism, which is the mainstream. And we went through a journey with autism with our oldest child and recovering him and in the beginning, that's what we had, right? That's what was told to us. Hey, you just do this therapy over here. Um, it's covered by insurance. It's covered by insurance. And you do a bunch of it, like 40 hours of it. And then a year later, I find out, you know, the Sunrise program is available. And that's the exact opposite and that worked so much better. So it's not like we don't try the mainstream we do. It just, it seems like the universe just keeps presenting it the opposite. Try this instead and see what happens. So. And, and it's been a lot of that, right? So, so yeah. o- over and over again. And um, we see, and, and it is interesting. It, there's so many things coming to mind. It's hard to you know, land on one and, 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 and want to explore it because, uh, you know, you might not be able to do it justice, you know, in, in yes, a couple of passes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were to give a little bit of background on who we are, cause that's probably important with us, uh, launching this, uh, as I mentioned in the, uh, the intro, uh, Fabi and myself, we are married and, uh, we've got, uh, three beautiful children. Um, and, uh, one of those children, on the autism spectrum and uh, another one with that, that battled a little bit of a uh, genetic intestinal disorder. And then uh, uh, we had a third baby more recently that, uh, you know, she's, she has some, some things, but she's, uh, uh, she's pretty well adjusted, you know, so she, she's kind of giving us the experience of a uh, more, what you would call neurotypical child, maybe, um, but we're also noticing that, you know, we learned so much along the way that, that uh, she hasn't had to deal with a lot of those things that uh, the other two had to go through in that process. But um, if we kind of dive in a little bit to uh, our, our background, um, you know, we both are professionals and uh, we hold day jobs. You know, we don't make any money from doing podcasts or hosting websites or anything. So, um it's just us out there uh, working in technology and uh, uh, trying to make a buck so that we can take care of these kids. And that also is something that, that, uh, you know, we want to explore as well too, right? Is, is, um, you know, we had somebody bring up the fact, I can't even remember now who it was. I think it was on another podcast, but uh, you know, are you contributing to the world in, the way that, you know, resonates with you, you know, Mm -hmm. through what you do professionally. And, and, and you and I both got into the line of work that we do based on, um, you know, really our, our, I don't want to say our inherent skill sets, but the skill sets we chose to focus on Mm -hmm. early on. And we've kind of let the next step in those careers kind of take us where we're going and not necessarily look, Hey, you know, what resonates with us, what, where do we really think, or, or, or is what we're doing, does it really line up with who we are, you mm. know? And maybe it resonated at one point, right? Because life is fluid, is always changing, you're always expanding, hopefully you're always expanding, I guess there's contraction too, but, um, you know, these, these, careers we have serve us to take care of our children and and explore and do all that but it is coming to a point where 
you know, I'll call the universe again. It's making pretty clear that it's really not in alignment with what we want for the world and for future generations even. So it's a little bit hard to reconcile. How do you grow these three beautiful human beings, you know, and be in alignment with our vision? And I think that we're making headway, you know, we're making progress towards the vision. We know what the vision is now, or at least I, I know what the vision is. Well, and, and <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it seems like, and maybe this is just uh, because we're more focused on it, but it seems like the world is throwing so much more at us. Yes, things are getting more and more clear, and I feel it is hard to find your zen these days even with all the adventures that we did this year you know we went to california by the ocean you know super zen place here where we are is zen uh but we keep finding ourselves wrapped up on you know what is beyond the curtain and it's not looking very Pretty. Well, and that's probably going to be a big focus in the episodes that we do in this uh, podcast is, um, you know, Fabi and myself, we have a lot of disdain for this uh, um, COVID crisis uh, for many reasons. And uh, we, we know that we don't know it all, but um, we feel like we are more open to looking at um, the broader base of information that's out there than many people. And, and that's really a topic that kind of spawned this with that friend that we mentioned earlier is that, you know, you have people who um, see the world a certain way. If we, we used the word paradigm earlier. So, you know, we feel like we see the world as a specific paradigm. And then there's others that see it as different paradigms as well. So, uh, and I think really, if we got down to it, every person their paradigm looks a little bit different, right? But but there are some general themes uh, that go through uh, certain peoples. And so with uh, a friend of ours, which, you know, I actually really appreciate the opportunity that she's given us to, you know, kind of dig into this, you know, mm-hmm. ourselves. Because uh, she even made the, the comment, which is something I totally agree with, which is, you know, this all will pass, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. We have very little control um, in the broad scheme of things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, to get really wrapped up in it as far as like how we feel about another person is, uh, is probably a little bit um, immature or childish, you know, and I would totally agree with that. Yet at the same time, uh, you know, we're looking for that expansion, right? So we're looking to... Um, continue to bring in new information and then put that in the, the program and, and see how we feel about that. And so, you know, what kind of occurred uh, earlier this week was a situation where, you know, we both see the overall paradigm on how the world is structured very differently. Or really what I would tell you is that um, I'm not even sure this friend ever really explained how they see the world. What, yeah. what, how they feel the paradigm is. Um, we just knew that they weren't, uh, they didn't agree with what we saw. Well, actually, I would, I would actually say this. We didn't even get confirmation that they didn't agree with us. I mean, clearly they didn't, but they never actually outright said it. You know, like, okay, you, you, you've told me wh- how you think the picture's painted, and here's where I think you're probably right. Here's where I think you... I, I just don't jive with it or here's mm-hmm. where I think it just doesn't matter. You know, I, I think this is more important, you know, yeah. um, and, and not being able to get that feedback because I want to know that stuff about other people. Not that it's my right, but I mean, I, I, I just want to, I want to share about myself and I want them to share back to me. And, and, and when you feel like you're invested with some, with, with people um, on a friendship level that, that, you know, that that is the least that you can do and that's the least that they can do. Um, is to contribute to one another in that way. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you're just kind of like strangers. 
right? We talked about that a little bit too. And, and you know, you can go up to a guy on the, on the walking path and then you can ask him, you know, why, who did he vote for? Why'd you do that? And, and he's, he or she is probably just going to tell you, go jump in the lake. I don't need to talk to you. You know what I mean? I don't have any investment in you whatsoever. Um, so when you don't get that investment or when you don't get that, that, uh, reciprocation, um, again, not that you are, are, um, not that you are, it's obligated to you, but, um, it's what you want in your friendships. And so, uh, you wonder what's going on where you can't get that back. You know, is it something you're doing? Is it something they're doing? Um, that seems rare though, to have a friendship or relationship, even, even husband and wife, you know, uh, parent and child that people are just willing to go deeper with you and talk about pretty much anything there's so many taboos you know I, I don't I think I can count you know less than than one hand how many people really we we can talk about just anything you know and you may not agree in the end but as we were talking this week about um our friend it's not so much the need for agreement but just the need for understanding and expansion and i guess maybe that's just important to us and that might not be important for other people i don't know yeah no it's a good point and so that just kind of gets you thinking a little bit more broadly about those relationships and uh you know, because I don't think we have a lot of super close relationships, it, it, mm-hmm. you, you, you crave that a little bit, you know, because then you don't get to, because uh, what we both have kind of a handful, maybe not even that, where we mm-hmm. feel like we can have those conversations. And, and uh, a lot of times you don't get to see those people very often. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, you, you crave it in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, on that note, um, I mentioned COVID being something that'll probably come up repeatedly in this. And, and we really see that, um, that is the narrative, right? It's the, it's the thing that's perfect. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, th- and that kind of comes back to what I said about, you know, the world is throwing a lot of stuff at us right now. And where we used to be able to kind of, uh, avoid it, you know, we, we could just either not talk about certain things or we could just not go certain places. You know, now it's becoming to the point where, uh, you know, you really have to uh, go along to get along uh, or you really don't function in society. And it seems like it's only going to get more in that vein. What do you think that's all about, though? We see it everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. We're talking about it. If we go beyond the topic, <laughs> why is it everywhere? Well, what do you mean? I don't. Maybe I don't know what you're. I uh, mean, we're on the car with someone, and the radio's on, and they're talking about that. You go for a walk, you see a sign about that. Uh, even places where you wouldn't expect, like you're walking by strangers, and they're talking about that. You see people wearing the mask. Yeah, I mean, it's the zeitgeist of the time, right? It's it's the electricity in the air. Uh, because you can't, you know, it was something that you never saw, really. You know, you would occasionally see maybe an Asian person in the airport with a mask on. You know yeah. what I mean? Occasionally. Um, and not even that often. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Everybody's wearing them. And it's, uh, uh, I think it's particularly sensitive to us because of the fact that, uh, we don't want our kids wearing the mask and we also don't want it normalized for them. And so it's very frustrating because we can't control that. Yeah. And I think it's a way of, you know, the universe again, (laughs) Uh, just telling us to surrender. Yeah. And that is scary, really scary because, it's almost like the loss of a battle, which it seems like is the easiest one. You know? 
Well, and, and you know, a lot of people will say, well, um, you know, there were people who had to live through World War II, you yeah. know, stuck in an attic and mm-hmm. all that. And here, what you have to do is put a, you got to put a face diaper on. You know what I mean? Come on, mm-hmm. stop complaining. Yeah. You know, wear the mask, save lives, right? And wear the, yeah. what, what is it? Wear the damn mask, you know? And, and I think that, um, um, you know, although it's interesting, you know, you grew up in Brazil, which is not what I would consider the, um, you know, hotbed of patriotic, protect your rights. Do I mean, you guys have even had dictators, right? <laughs> We've had dictators. You know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, but you've still adopted this. I don't know if that's just gotten ingrained in you in the time that you have been in the U.S. and whatnot. Because that's always been kind of my upbringing is, you know, you have these rights um, mm. and, and uh, they're God-given and, and whatnot. And, and we're really getting to this point where people are uh, kind of defining the conversation that to talk about your rights is to be selfish. You know, when in, when in reality, when I protect my rights, I protect your rights as well. Um, when I give up my rights, then I'm paving the way for somebody to take yours yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, health is a very interesting uh, avenue to do that in. And you and I know that really well. Yes. Because of the battle we've done in uh, our lives related to autism and vaccination injury and things of that nature. And we know that if you don't have control of your health, then you really don't have control of everything. And so what's really interesting about the situation we we find ourselves in right now is that clearly the country, um, maybe even the world, but but certainly to put a fine point on the U.S., you know, the the people people did not have control of their health. You know, we, we were in a machine where people were treating symptoms and People were having people have horrible diets. They have horrible habits. They're not educated on what they need to do for themselves. And so now it's kind of a perfect storm. You know, even if there is this thing called uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, you know, even if it's as virulent as they say, if you buy into all of that uh, uh, ideology, then you uh, uh, you still have to. Um, you know, take a step back and say, were we in a position as a people to understand what it means to be healthy? Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to say who is sick and define that when we didn't even really know who was sick before, right? I mean, most people are walking around, even people that look healthy, the, the standard American diet is horrible, you know, and, and in a lot of genetic makeups can continue to make the body look fine, even though it's struggling, you know, with maybe autoimmune issues and, and, uh, blood sugar issues. They may not look like a typical unhealthy person, but they are unhealthy. So I think you've got a large swath of the population who, um, is, is perhaps very unhealthy. Uh, and then they have a toxic load from just the way we live, you know, with the, the, the chemicals we use and cleaners and, and uh, pesticides and, and, and uh, the off-gassing of all the construction materials that we Chemical use. Water. Yeah, it, it's everywhere. I mean, really, it, it's, it's exponential. And so, you know, and by the way, we're not looking at any of those things, right? We're not, we're not studying those at all. They've never had long-term uh, studies done on them, the combination of them. You know, just the... the uh, um, you know, the closed environments we live in, in, in the U S you know, people don't really live outside in most cases in the U S they live in air conditioned homes mm-hmm. where it's just recycling stale air over and over again. And, um, you know, here, here we are right now, south of the equator and, and, you know, we're pretty much living outdoors for the yeah. most part. We don't have air conditioning currently. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's a challenge, right? Um, it, it's not as bad as I, I thought, but, but that's a whole other subject. That'll be, that'll be another episode. <laughs> um, but but it, it is an interesting feeling out the, the difference between the two 
countries, right? Because it's, yeah. it seems more here that it people really do have a, or I shouldn't say everybody, but I think a large portion of people really do have a fear of the disease here, where I think in uh, America, I honestly think it's more of a signaling thing. Um, I don't know. I find a lot of similarities between people here. I think people here are a little more conditioned and I don't want to stereotype but just remembering my upbringing you know they are more conditioned to be open to what's in the news you know but when you say open you mean you you mean they're just going I to mean, take it for what it is and say that's just that's just the fact no it's more of a almost like a if you watch the news you were informed and you were more cultured it's almost like a stamp of like approval or pride of worthiness like you watched because i remember growing up being like itty bitty maybe in like third grade was it third grade yeah i remember you know the mothers at school would talk you know amongst themselves about their children and one mother in particular would say that uh, her son read the you know, the times of Brazil, you know, it's not called the times in Brazil, but it's kind of the equivalent. And then, you know, my mother was like, oh, yeah, he reads the times, the Brazilian times. And I go like, oh, <laughs> OK, so maybe I should be doing that. And then I just remember getting ready for my exams to get into college and doing a writing class. I, I really never liked writing before that class, but actually once I took the class, I really enjoyed it. And But they would say, you gotta watch the news and you gotta you know, read all the magazines and the newspapers because when you get to do your essay, you gotta know about a ton of topics so you have content to write about. Because really on the essays, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for, you know, is your ideology aligning with the narrative, basically? And if it is, then you get a good grade. If not, they just fail you. Yeah. And then you don't get into college. So I feel like there's a lot more conditioning here in that arena. Then in the U.S., where I remember, you know, I, I don't know anybody that watches the news except for maybe the you know the older generation yeah well i mean and then, and then you look at uh the um the split from a politiz politization <laughs> is that the word politicalization politis politicizing of mm -hmm. of, of every issue right i yeah. mean i don't remember that maybe it always went on but i don't remember it back in the day you know like when i was a kid uh, and now it just seems like the uh, the parties, you know, fall on one side of everything for the most part. There's very few things that they come together on. And, and then what they do come together on sometimes scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they're not willing to agree on anything and then they finally agree on one thing, you're like, OK, well, how bad is that thing? <laughs> yes, exactly. The same with I mean, if you keep hearing the same story over and over and over. You go like, wait a minute, why is everybody hating such and such politician? Why is everybody really loving such and such politician? Um, yeah, it is scary. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm as we're talking, I am thinking about how hard it is to even say the things that we would say to even each other. You know what I mean? Just how frank we are you know, about ideas and about what's going on, you know, just saying it into a recording, you know, to put out there, mm -hmm. you know, that's a scary thought. And that's a weird thing to think about, you know, in this day and age yes. to think, hey, look, you know, I could feasibly um, ruin my career, my, my life by just saying, hey, you know, I've read these things and I haven't been able to find things that counter it very well. And 
it really seems like that's what's happening, you know, and, and, you know, they call them in a lot of cases, they call them, you know, conspiracies and things like that. But, but, uh, um, you know, I remember that, uh, that, uh, story I told you, we were talking about how, when I, when I was selling cars back in 04 and oh, then, yeah. and then this guy walks in, actually it wasn't even 04. I think it was, it might've been 04, 03 or 04. I can't remember. It's when we came back from Atlanta and uh, this uh, this guy comes into the Volvo dealership, and uh, he was kind of looking at a car. I think he was in getting serviced, and uh, we went on a test drive, and then we sat down, and I could tell he just really wanted to chew my ear off while his car was getting fixed. He wasn't going to buy anything. But, but I remember he was kind of a strange-looking dude, kind of tall, balding, um, had a weird jacket on. It was kind of strange-looking, and... Uh, he starts telling me about, you know, how they're spraying chemicals in the uh, uh, atmosphere, you know, uh, with, through planes. Uh, these long, you know, contrails actually spread out and, and they're, they're chemicals. And I don't even remember how deeply he went into it at the time. But, um, but you remember me telling you back then. I do remember. And I remember just thinking when he was telling me, I go, hey, this guy is nuts. You know, this guy is nuts. But um, it wasn't super long after that that, um, you know, I read some other stuff that was presented a little bit more, um, uh, news-like, if you will, as opposed to, uh, uh, story-like. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. It, It made me look at that guy totally different. And still at that time, it was early on, you know, now they're actually passing, you know, legislation to do, to do, uh, uh, experiments and Bill Gates has patents on things related to it. Um, so it's like not even a, uh, conspiracy theory. It's weird. You, you kind of move past where people go, Oh, okay. They were doing that all along, yeah. <laughs> you know, and now it's just like, okay, it's there. It's a technology, you know, um, <clears throat> It sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It does. It doesn't. It's just weird how that happens. But I, re- I, I, I remember just, just talking about that uh, for the longest time. There were very few people you could bring stuff up like that mm-hmm. with. And then, you know, we had the evolution when we were early on in our marriage where, you know, I was a, <clears throat> you know, a George Bush supporter. I thought that the U.S. needed to police the world, you know, and, and uh, you know, you kind of explained the, the, uh, I don't know if it was the Brazilian position or maybe more the South American position on, you know, how the U S is, has, uh, uh, participated in some of the, uh, political movements and whatnot, uh, in South America over the years. And that, you know, the U S has a lot of times they have a lot of, uh, uh, intentions that are not just policing, you know, they, they have a lot, we have a lot of things that we, we like to do, uh, that, uh, if people really had great insight into them, then they might, they might see that a little differently. Um, and then, so then we, we went into, you know, the, the, I remember at the beginning of our relationship, U S was going into, um, Iraq, mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> On the pretense of, uh, weapons, weapons of mass destruction. Of yeah. Mass yeah. Destruction. And, and, and <laughs> that well, we're never found. Yeah. We're never found. And, 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 you know, it's really interesting seeing all these things happen and, and, you know, we're now here in this, um, this mess with COVID and, um, you know, I know, I know a lot of people and I even make the case a lot of time that, you know, that this is a, this is a bit of a, um, uh, a manipulation, you know, I'm not saying that nothing is happening from a health standpoint, but, um, I don't believe we, we know exactly what the health, uh, situation is, but, um, it's certainly being manipulated in order to further the ends of uh, some organizations, some people that, that uh, um, you know, want to want to get a greater stranglehold. And, uh, um, you know, I don't have a problem admitting that. I'm like, hey, you know, I was just talking today about uh, the Great Reset with uh, a buddy of mine, and uh, that was something that even you know, just a month ago, you'd bring up people, nobody'd heard it of it. And, you know, they're like, ah, what are you talking about? And now, you know, John Kerry's being quoted as in, in a, in a, um, the Hill article saying that, uh, 
Joe Biden will be uh, effectively pressing for the uh, the climate portions of the Great Reset. You know, he'll, he'll be going pretty hardcore at a very fast pace because I think some people were saying that, oh, uh, you know, he hasn't really talked about the Great Reset, so does that mean he's not really going, going to adopt it? And, uh, and Kerry basically said, no, he, I think you'll be surprised he's going to be pedal to the metal. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's going to be pushing pretty hard for that stuff because um, we, we need to use this opportunity you know, to, uh, to restructure things. And, and if you <clears throat> dive into the Great Reset, you know, it's a lot more than, than uh, just climate. I mean, it's, it's really all aspects of our lives. Um, and so we'll get into that probably in another episode and kind of dive in a little bit deeper. But that's something where, you know, still you go up to most people, probably uh, 9.9 out of 10 people on the street and you ask them about it, they won't have a clue. And, you know, they're talking about it at the World Economic Forum. Um, you know, it, it's permeating through governments across the planet. And, you know, it's very, very rarely being brought up on, uh, you know, your major news stations and whatnot. And, and so, so I always kind of mix those things together. And I say, hey, well, we know this is going on, but they're not talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. so... so it's what they're not so talking about. So that's when it's a conspiracy, right? Because nobody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you've got 24-hour news networks, and um, they need content, right? And and here's something that's a big story, right? The restructuring of how the world works from a financial standpoint, uh, that's a pretty big deal, right? Shouldn't we be focusing in on that and saying, hey, how does that relate to to uh, the COVID crisis and all that. And the fact that they are not, um, you know, it, it actually does two things. One thing is that it doesn't educate the public. Uh, and, and then the other thing is that the fact that there isn't coverage, it, it leads the people who are getting educated about it and then bringing it up, you know, there's ridicule, you know, yeah. that comes back to, to those people. And that's kind of sad that we're in that state. Yeah, I think it's that paradigm thing, or maybe it is just, uh, you know, I I think when we watched the documentary in 07, I think that's what kind of opened things up for me, opened my mind a little bit, America from freedom to fascism. And actually, uh, it goes through, you know, the uh, IRS and the... Uh, unconstitutionality <laughs> that's word that's the word it's a big word of the irs and i'm gonna say you know that was kind of traumatic it was traumatic because and it was there was even a little bit of grieving okay so that was before america from freedom to fascism and after and uh you know so i think most people can't you know, hold that that could be going on. You know, it is just easier to go back to sleepiness and ignorance, like ignorance is bliss. Uh, And, you know, we'll just deal with that later. I don't know. Well, and I get a lot of, from some of the people I know, I get a lot of, oh, you know, you're saying the government is doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, the government, I've worked with the government. Those people can't even tie their own shoes, <laughs> let alone, you know, hide a, a, a plot, you know. And I'm like, well, you're, you're missing the point here. I think, I think the people you're interfacing with are probably not the, uh, 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 the top of the totem pole. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're the uh, more menial jobs. But, I mean, there are people in uh, very powerful positions. And when, when you have, um, you know, unlimited resources... Then, um, and you also have a public that doesn't want to believe the bad story, right? I mean, that, that, that's enough of a cover, is, is people, people don't want to subscribe to that. Because it doesn't that. seem possible. It, well, no, but I mean, they just don't want to subscribe to it. Who, who wants to live in, I mean, like, like, think about us. Did we want to live in a world where um, children were given shots that, really were not benefiting them and really putting their health at risk. Did we want to live in that world before we had a vaccine injured child? No, we, we, we didn't want to live in that world. Now, I mean, I, I read some stuff and I, once you hear something, you can't unhear it. 
So it sometimes rings in the back of your head. And, and as you know, I, I brought up some concerns I had, but you know, I didn't do it enough to where I really changed our trajectory and, and we still um, had an event. Uh, you know, that was actually my, my, my biggest fear becoming a parent. I mean, not, not vaccination specifically, but, um, that, uh, uh, I would have a special needs child. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest fears had, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? You know, I have this idea of what fatherhood's going to look like. And then, uh, the, the interesting thing is once you get that, um, diagnosis, you uh, you don't know how it's going to pan out. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to get worse. You don't know if it's going to get better. You don't know if it's going to stay the same. And so you really are left um, deciding, hey, are we just going to put all our chips on the table and do everything we can? And, uh, you know, th th in our power, or are we just going to just let it ride and mm -hmm. and, you know, not really put much effort forward and just see if, things come out okay and if they don't then that's just our lot in life you know and then luckily we had you right you were the well because i think our biggest takeaway was really the answer is not out there with someone else the answer was with us and the decisions that we were making on our own really so when the ther therapist said he needs 40 hours of you know ABA, he needs to go to school, he needs to be with neurotypical children, he's never going to do this, 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 and that. Like, giving our power away to other people to tell us what to do, the takeaway was no. I mean, we need to take the power back and we need to uh, be strong in our vision of what we want and take the path that would take us to the vision and the paths that we were offered were not taking us to the vision. Yeah. Well, we wanted for our son. And so it was a huge lesson, even like, okay, it sucks that there was an injury that we found out later. So it wasn't even, I was pretty, I think, strong proponent of vaccines because in a third world country, you know, the government even pays for them. They're free. You just go to the uh, health department and you just take them. And I even remember what they tasted like. And I remember the commercials on TV when I was little. So to me, it was like I would I would never even thought about questioning until, you know, autism happened and we started researching and then we found some good practitioners that gave us a little bit more insight on what was going on physiologically. So it was not just the head is separated from the body, right? But it, that really taught us to trust more in ourselves and find out information for ourselves so we can make informed decisions, um, you know, for our child and for our family. And I think to me that is kind of the hardest thing when talking to other people that don't want to listen because really we don't want them to go through what we went through. I mean, there are certainly worse things, you know. But, I mean, if you just see it right there, you can almost see it right happening. And... You know, we really want the best for our friends, for, you know, our family, right? Uh, for the world, for strangers, really. I mean, we don't want anybody to have to go through that. We don't want any child to be robbed of their full potential, you know? Uh, but for people to not want to listen, change the subject, <laughs> shut you down, you know? <laughs> it's hard because you really want the best for them. Well, and I think you also 
mm-hmm. and we've done so much research too. It's not yeah. like we're just like making this all up. Well, you know? and, and I think that's the funny thing about the whole thing. People are like, "Well, you're not a doctor." I'm like, "Well, what, what makes a doctor a doctor? They they do a shitload of studying. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do a crap load of studying, and and actually." Doctors have to study so many things that they really don't get an opportunity, uh, you know, at least general physicians, they don't get an opportunity to really, really dive deep on any one thing because they have to be knowledgeable about so many things. And so like with us, we had the very specific um, experience around, I mean, a few things, but, but, but specific around vaccine injury that, you know, we basically uh, created a full-time job, you know, understanding vaccine injury and understanding uh the immune system and 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 uh, well, what you can understand yeah what right? you can Which understand is about still it evolving because i mean there's still so much that we don't know yeah yeah that we don't know or maybe mainstream doesn't know just because we went on a path of germ theory and we think all germs are bad <laughs> And they're here to destroy us, <laughs> even though they, you know, they are, they outnumber ourselves. Well, and, and, know, and, that, and that is an interesting concept, too, is just, you know, what you grow up learning. You know, you, we talked about Louis Pasteur a while back and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he was kind of a sketchy dude. And, and I never knew that, you know, and then I caught a few um, uh articles written about him and and uh this was stuff i never knew that he participated in which we can get in on another episode but i just remember we had these these books as as a kid called the value tales and um there was one about louis pasteur and penicillin and um you know i always had the and it's amazing how much that left a mark you know what i mean reading that you know i think he's just this happy-go-lucky old man that was looking you know to uh uh solve a world problem and maybe he was you know but then he realized he got it all wrong (laughs) but but i mean it's just amazing though even a a little what seems like a a kind of harmless it doesn't even it doesn't even go into extreme detail you know the story uh, but that left a mark and it painted a picture of vaccines Mm -hmm. you know um well, in that case, penicillin. But and yeah. chemicals and... Yeah. Right? You're always trying to kill the germs. I mean, Clorox kills 99.9% of germs. Or is, I think it's yeah, 99.9%. I don't know. But, but I mean, you, 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 you don't realize... You think there's one way. You think there's one way. And I, and, mm-hmm. and I come back to the funny story about the, the butter in the fridge or out of the fridge. You know, I, I grew up with... The butter was in the fridge. And it was always a pain in the ass to spread when it came out of the fridge. And then I remember I met you. I came to Brazil. And uh, people don't put the butter in the, br- in the fridge. I mean, maybe there are some that do here. But, I mean, you didn't. You guys didn't. And I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> what is going on? Why is the butter just sitting on the table? This is freaking me out, you know. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, hey, this is so convenient. It's always ready to spread. <laughs> You know, and so now the butter spray, the butter spray, the butter spray. Yeah. I mean, I, I just see it so differently now, you know, but you, you, you grow up and you think this is the way it is. The butter goes in the fridge or you think vaccines are, you think, you think vaccines are invincible. Yeah. You know, you think that there's nothing, they'll make you invincible. Yeah. There's nothing negative about them. And, and, you know, we don't want this we don't want this episode to be a vaccine episode. We'll do, we'll, we will definitely do a vaccine episode. But um, I, I will tell you what you might notice and, and, and actually amazes me is that vaccines, I keep seeing how everything comes back to vaccines. You know what I mean? All, all these things come back to vaccines when we're talking about um, government and health and, and uh, um our lives, because if we don't have that ownership, I think I mentioned earlier, if we don't have that ownership in our own body, then, then what is left, what is left, you know? And, and, uh, um, but I mean, I, I really think we, the powers that be, which again, we'll get into that too in another episode, but the powers that be, you know, they, they don't want you, they want you to think that this is uh, a lease. This life is a lease, you know, that, that, uh, you're being allowed to be here 
in this body, you know, and you're using that, that it's the car you're renting while you're here, you know, and I really think that's where it's going. And so, I mean, I, I, I am resisting that and I, I, I do, um, fall back on the, the, uh, you know, the American mantra of, uh, individualism and, uh, patriotism there and, and protecting the individual's rights. Because again, I'll say it again, when you p- protect the individual's rights, you protect everyone's rights. Um, and, uh, yeah, take care of yourself so you can, can yes, take care of other people. Exactly. Yeah. Cause remember what, what, when you're on an airplane mm-hmm. and with your child, uh, which, you know, is supposedly someone who can't take care of themselves. Right. When, when the oxygen mass falls, what do they tell you to do? You put it on first before you help others. Or you help others, exactly. And and they don't say, hey, get that kid's mask on and then worry about your own after the fact. They don't say that, you know. And it's funny that that has to do with masks. I laughed a little bit when we flew down here because they were trying to explain how to put the oxygen mask on as you're wearing the face mask, you know, and they're like, okay, uh, first you got to take the face mask off, but only while you're wearing the oxygen mask. It's like, okay, well, if you're wearing the oxygen mask, I think it's probably a a no brainer. Um, but anyway, so I, I think that we're probably at a good place where we can, uh, pause a minute, but, but as far as what's to come here on this, we're th- today's episode is kind of an ad hoc one. We wanted to intro people into this and, and give a little bit of a flavor. Uh, but we're going to try to have a little bit more structured conversation in future episodes. We'll have things that we want to talk about, maybe pipe in, um, you know, some things that we're hearing in the news so that we can kind of talk about those in real time. I'm kind of a student of the news, so Fabi doesn't have as much time uh, uh, sometimes I invest or desire. Or, or desire. So I will, uh, kind of pipe those things in the audio on those things in and then kind of get her take on those live because we know she hasn't, uh, consumed those yet. And, uh, that ought to be interesting, but really, you know, we we're doing this in, in, in a lot of ways. It, it's kind of like a therapy, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's an, we feel like, okay, we don't have very much control but through our experience we have learned what to look out for and what what is made up you know especially when it comes to health freedom and you know and how now a this invisible enemy you know it's is the new threat Right, we had Cold War, we had then we had other wars, the terrorism, became, yeah, yeah, the terrorism, and now is you know, it's the health, it's the war on health. health. You can't trust your body anymore because yeah. you could be sick and you don't even know, and you could be getting other people sick, yeah, which really sounds it sounds you know, nuts. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate campaign. To teach humanity, you really cannot trust yourself at all. Mm-hmm. You need something outside of yourself. And so we resist that. <laughs> and we will dive into that on uh, the follow-up episodes. But we appreciate you guys joining us here on episode one of the Collective Resistance Podcast. Gotcha.